0: lies. It lies in you, Jesus. You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and Lord, we just thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for leaving heaven's glory, coming to this this old wicked earth, Lord, and to being the sinless son of God. And Lord, and taking, uh, laying your life down on a cross for each one of us, that you would take your, our sins on your body. And Lord, he who knew no sin became sin, that we, we might become the righteous of God, that you would lay down on a cross and be raised up, that all people will be drawn to you, God, and that you would forgive all of our sin and Lord we live in the greatest time right now even during this live stream Lord we're going to be uh, I believe the United States is going to be a megaphone to the entire world this morning, God, as, as, the, as the Internet is lighting up with the message of the gospel, the hope of all mankind is solely in Jesus Christ. And so, God, we just give you praise this morning. We pray, Lord, that you would touch the hearts. that no, Nobody needs to be fearful. Nobody needs to doubt you. Uh, everybody needs to be uh, drawn closer to you. They need to pray more, read their Bible more. Uh, Lord, I believe you have slowed the world down for a reason, and I believe that reason is that we would look up and see how our redemption draws nigh to us. Because, Lord, we need to look to you in every aspect of our living. So, Father, I thank you for, the, for, for this morning. I thank you for this opportunity. I pray, Lord, that there's anyone out there uh, that are unbelievers, if they don't know you as Savior, that before they uh, go off here today, Lord, that they would come to know Jesus as their Savior. And, Father, we give you praise uh, for it all. We thank you for it all, for it's in Jesus' name. And all God's children said What? Amen. We heard you out there. That was good. That's good. Hey, listen, uh, I just wanted to thank you all for joining us online here at the Hills Campus Cornerstone. All you Cornerstone folks, all you Hills folks, listen, thank you for being with us this morning. And and listen, guess what? It's because you know Disney World's closed, so there's no place you can't go. There's no ball games going on. There's nothing going on. But I'll tell you what, Jesus has got it going on right now. So Jesus is in the house, and I hope he, and I pray that he's in your house. And when I say your house, I mean your heart. is Jesus there. And so I want you to go with us. Uh, we're clo- Everything's closed but us, and so we're here with you. But I have a passage of Scripture that I want you to see this morning. It's Psalms 103, verse 19. Psalms 103, verse 19. You might want to write that down. I heard this the other day, and I thought it's so... Uh, It's so fitting uh, for uh, where we're at today. It says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules what? Over all. His kingdom rules over everything. Listen, church, we are the church for moments just like this, this very day. Listen, this very day, and we must never forget that we are the church. Why? Because the church is the people, not the place. I'm in an empty place with a couple fellas here. Appreciate y'all being here. But listen, the church is not the building. The church is all the people. That's all of us. It's you. That's me that know Jesus Christ as Savior. Listen, we are the blood-bought sinners, each one of us, tightly knitted together, joined with our Savior to what? Overcome the world. Because why? Because He has overcome the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. And John 16, verses 32, listen to what the Word of God says. It says, look. An hour is coming and has come when each of you will be scattered to his own home. Well, go figure. Look at that, right? So, and you will leave me alone. He says, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me, in Jesus, you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous, though, he says, for I have conquered the world. I have conquered the world. Jesus has overcome the world with every single trial, even this coronavirus. There ain't nothing that he can't overcome, nothing, nothing at all. So I have a question for you this morning. So what are we all to do when we face things like this pandemic crisis? What are we to do? Well, the answer is this. We must always, always, always go to what? Go to the Word of God. That's where we go. We go to the Word of God for his precepts are true. Listen. Everything that was and everything that is is by what His spoken word. You and me alike, we're all created in His image. Listen. Everything that we see around is every tree, every flower, started by His spoken word. He spoke, and whoa, there it was. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. So God's large in charge, and He's in control of everything that's going on. And listen, and we all face various situations in our life. Some are good ones and some are bad. Amen? We do. Will the Apostle Paul, as we're going to say today, address the people of Corinth who are going through many crises in their lives? Many crises in their lives. And Paul wrote a letter to the First Corinthians to share with them how to love, how to live, how to act, and how to be. In the face of a multitude of various situations, they found themselves in. And they found themselves in a lot of various situations. You see, because of whatever distress that was taking place, there was a distress that was taking place during that time that Paul wrote these things. We don't know what it specifically was, it could have been a famine, it could have been a plague. It could have been uh, it could have been the fires we know that there were fires during the time of Nero, and he blamed all the christians and we 're going to talk some a little bit about that, but they did not know whether listen, but here at, because of the distress that was going on, they didn 't really know what to do they didn 't know whether they should be circumcised or not circumcised, whether to marry or not marry, whether to be a slave or, or let let themselves be free from their, their their masters, you know if they would free them. And, and so that it was just confusing for them because of the distress of the situation during that time. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, starting in verse 17 through 18. Listen to what it says. However, each one must live his life in the situation the Lord assigned when God called him. This is what I command in all the churches. Look at there. Was anyone already circumcised when he was called? He should not undo his circumcision. Was anyone called while uncircumcised? He should not get circumcised. Look at verse 19. Circumcision does not matter, and uncircumcision does not matter. But keeping, here it is, but keeping God's commands does matter. That's the only thing that matters. Look at verse 20. It says, each person should do what? And highlight this in our lives remain in the life situation in which he was called. So there was a present distress that Paul emphasized. If you look down at verse 26, you see he says those words. There's a present distress that's taking place. Somebody once said this, the unnamed distress may cause you to wait before making a big decision. We don't need to make big decisions where we're in in the middle of a distressful situation. We have to wait on God to make decisions. So, I'll say it again, that unnamed distress may cause you to what? To wait, pump the brakes, if you will, before making any big decisions. Think about that. Think about that. Rome was in trouble back then. Their Caesar was assassinated. And listen, and the new Caesar, Nero, was placed in charge, and he blamed the Christians and the Jews for everything. He blamed them for everything that was happening in Rome. He blamed them for the fires that were happening, maybe the famines, the plagues, you name it. Nero was blaming and persecuting all the Christians Uh, for what was going on in the the province of Rome. He blamed them. Doesn't that sound familiar today about blaming people? We play the blame game all the time, right? It's our president's fault. It's this person's fault. It's this country's fault. It's all this. We play a blame game trying to pinpoint uh, where blame should go. Uncertainty in their lives. But listen, but here's the thing that's funny is that they were certain, the people of Rome were certain about Jesus, a lot of them. Sometimes we think about what we should be doing rather than what we are presently doing. Sometimes we're thinking down the road rather than thinking for today. And so we're going to talk a little bit about, so what things should you remain doing during this time? What should you be doing during this time while you're at home? While you're self-quarantining yourself, while all this is going on, you may not have a job, you may not be working, you may be home with your family, you may be just chilling out at home, and maybe you're getting bored, you're tired of watching all the Netflix movies, right? And so, I mean, you've seen them all, so you're sitting there like, okay, what do I do? And you twiddle your thumbs. Listen, listen, there's some great things. I want to give you some advice this morning and some things to do that's based on the Word of God. So listen up really close. Number one, write this down, write it down. We should remain calm. First thing we need to do is to remain calm, right? We tend to overreact and overreach during a crisis, do we not? Human nature, listen, it's human nature for us. It's easy for us to overreact, and we do. Listen, and listen, crises will bring confusion. Crises will bring anger. Crises will bring trouble, and there's enough of it, right? And I'll give you an example of a crisis of overreaching or overreacting to the crisis. Toilet paper right where's all the toilet paper you would think we were we are in a toilet paper crisis now because everybody's bought it up so it's like the crisis was not the toilet paper. The crisis was the virus. And so people are just overreacting, and they're overreaching. And our, our poor president is trying to tell everybody just to settle down, settle down, just buy and do what you routinely would do, and they're not doing it. And so we need to think about, what about water? What about wipes? What about disinfectants? Jeez, people. You know, Denine goes to the store for a reason. I don't, because <laughs> I'd go there and might want to. Just in, invoke the right hand of fellowship to some people, you know. I don't know, but I wouldn't do that. I would never do that. I would preach Jesus to them for sure. But anyway, Proverbs twenty nine eleven says this. Proverbs twenty nine eleven says, "A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man holds it in check." So what he's saying here: stay cool, stay calm, stay collected. Lord, stay focused on who? On God. We need to stay focused on God, folks. Number two: remain in obedience to his scripture. We must remain in obedience to his scripture. Change is never easy, is it? It's never easy. It just happens. Listen, all of us are changing whether we want to or not. I mean look at me. I remember when I was 20 and now I'm not 20 anymore. And I look at me now and I'm like, wow, look at the change and keep your thoughts to yourself, right? So anyway, change happens. It's changing. We just have to learn to roll with it. We need to roll with it with Jesus. That's what we need to do. But the great thing is God never, ever changes. He's the same today. He's the same yesterday. He's the same forever. He is the same. God is an unchanging God. His love for you never changes. Listen, his precepts never changes. His truth never changes. God never changes. He loves you as much yesterday as he did today, as he will tomorrow, as he will in the future, and for all eternity. God never changes. Never forget that. We must all gain comfort from God's sovereignty. He's large and in charge. Nothing occurs to God ever. And you're going to hear that, like deciding whether to have church or not. I had to decide whether to have church or not, right? And so I had to sit there in prayerful consideration, uh, contemplating with some of my fellows and this and that. But hey, listen, we felt it's better to err on the side of caution and just not have church. We can reach you on social media, which is what we're doing right now. And I'm going to tell you, this is the greatest opportunity the world has ever faced. I want you to think about how many people are on social media right now hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. This country, United States, right now, I know pastors who didn't do social media who right now are doing social media this morning, preaching to their congregation, but they're also preaching to the world. Because this stuff goes out to the public world. It goes around the globe. And you know what? And this may be such a time as this that God has designed it, that we would do this online, that, that our country, America, United States of America, would reach the world for Jesus Christ. And make no mistake about it, God is divine. This is divine. And God has a plan, and God's plan is being fulfilled. And so as we go on, we'll talk some more about that. He said, you know, the president says, closed down. He said, don't meet. The president says, don't meet, right? But also the government says, don't meet, don't meet, don't meet, right? And then Disneyland is closed, right? Disney World's closed. So you can't go there. There's no ball games happening. Nobody's pl- seeing basketball. Nobody's seeing baseball. All those things are closed. And so everybody's at home. Listen, listen, we need to obey our government. We need to obey our government. Romans 13, Listen to what it says. Everyone must submit to the, what? Governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist are instituted who? By by who? By God. God institutes our governing authority, so we need to obey our governing authority. There is nothing immoral or a threat to the Scriptures that we should not obey our government during this time. Nothing whatsoever. Besides, if you rebel against authority, remember, you are rebelling against Almighty God. So look at verse 2. It says it plainly. It says, So then, The one who resists the authority is opposing God's command. And those who oppose it will bring what? Judgment on themselves. Listen, folks, don't bring judgment on yourselves. Obey the commands of our government. Uh, They're looking out for our best interests. And I just want to encourage you, stay home do what they tell you to do. Uh, It's not immoral. It's not life-threatening what they're trying to get you to do. Uh, We're just trying to be safe and let this virus pass so we can get on with our lives and and get back to some sort of normalcy, whatever that is, right? So we need to do that. So we must submit and remain obedient in God's Word for He knows, God knows what's best for each and every one of us. And so I trust the Lord with all that. Number three, we should remain in the present We're here, we're now, this is present, this is present time, present tense, we're here in this moment right now. We do not know what is going to happen in the future, really, we don't. Listen, if you allow your mind to go into the future, listen, think about this, worrying about what can happen, you will drive yourself crazy. We will drive ourselves absolutely mad as we're worrying about, oh, what's going to happen? What if all these people get killed? What if all these things, things happen? What, 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 what if my family gets sick? What if all this? And you start thinking about all these things, then you end to start doing things that you don't need to be doing. And you're worrying about things that may not even happen over things that probably are not going to happen. And so it's something to really think about. We should remain in the present. Let me ask you a question. Has God told you everything that is going to happen in this, in this crisis? No, he hasn't told you everything. So we must focus on what needs to be done today. What do we need to to do today? What can we do today? There's a lot as Christians that we can do today, and we need to be present. Listen to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. He said, this is why I tell you, don't worry about your life. What you will eat and what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and body, more than clothing? Verse 27 says, Can any of you add a single cubit to his height by worrying? Can you add any span to your life by worrying? No, no, no. And then verse 34 says, Therefore, he says, Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Today, we prepare for our future. Today. Church, we prepare for our future. What do we need to do for and with our family, our church family, and other friends? That's what we need to be asking ourselves today. What can we do for our family at home? What can we do for our family, our church family? What can we do for our friends that don't know Jesus? What can we do, right? Today has enough worry. Listen, the stock market. Anybody been watching the stock market? And there's like, oh, it's crashing, it's crashing. We're going into a recession. We're going into a depression, this and that. Listen, the stock market market is always projecting something. What are they projecting? Let me tell you what they're projecting. They project the worst-case scenario. Every time they project the worst-case scenario, we all must be careful of scare tactics to worst-case scenarios. We must look out for those things because people will try to scare everything out of you to get you to do something that you know you don't need to do. If you keep watching the news and stop reading your Bible, stop praying, stop trusting God, you will drive your personal self into your own internal pandemic. It'll be within inside of yourself, and you'll be going, oh, my, instead of amen, right? I mean, you will do that. So so listen, it'll mess with you. Don't worry about what's going on. And listen, you need to slow down. You need to pump the brakes. It's a great time to spend with your family. Dads, you need to spend time with your families. You're working so much, you're not home very much. Now you're home, some of you. Some of you are home. Spend some quality time with your children. Spend some time in the Word. Spend some time praying. Spend some time discussing with them what's going on with this crisis, how you're trusting the crisis, how you're getting through this crisis, what we're going to do. Listen, you need to spend some quality time. Mom, you too. Spend some time. Put the Facebook thing down after the preaching's over and spend some time with your kids, right? So it's an important thing to do. Spend time with your family. Be present, thanking God for the day you have today with them. You have a day today. Set aside, you've been forced to slow down. Slow down to what? To pay attention to your family. To pay attention to God. Pay attention to other people and see that their needs are met, right? We need to do that. Listen, we have people within our own, and listen, stop worrying about the coronavirus. Y'all need to stop worrying about the coronavirus. Listen, we have people right within our own fellowship who worry, listen, and deal with cancer. Every single day they're dealing with cancer. Every day they wake up and they got to deal with cancer. And here we are worried about catching the coronavirus, right? Stop. Thank Almighty God you haven't been infected with the coronavirus. Stop. Thank God that you don't have cancer. And listen, pray for those that have cancer. They need your prayers desperately. Pray for them. Thank God you have a family that is healthy and that is whole. Number four, we should remain what? Focused on the facts. This is so hard with TV, news, and so much social media sharing opinions and not facts. Man, they're doing it. So many sharing rumors and gossip. We must be careful about what we're sharing, what we're taking in. Make sure you hear facts, hear facts, hear the facts. Don't, don't, don't regard the opinions and the editorials and all those things that are going on. Listen, look at the facts of what's going on. Look at the facts. Search for the facts, the truth. Do that. Listen, I'll give you a great example. Kobe Bryant, who passed away a few weeks ago. Listen, he died in a helicopter crash with his daughter and a bunch of other friends that were in that, that helicopter. But you know what happened when that happened? The news started reporting that all of his family was on that helicopter. And all his family was not on that helicopter. And guess what else happened? His wife ends up finding that his husband and daughter died in a helicopter crash from the news media that's reporting these, these news media. How sad is that? And that's what happens, folks. So make sure you're getting your sources right and make sure you're getting the facts and everything that was going on. We must wait for the facts Proverbs 18, 13 puts it this way. It says, the one who gives an answer before he listens, this is what? Foolishness and disgrace for him. Everyone playing the blame game. True to our human fleshly nature. We do. We blame everything on everybody but ourselves, right? The Bible says it's shameful and foolish. We must step back. We must analyze the facts. Listen, and not listen to hearsay. Not hear the fiction. Stay focused on the facts, not the fiction. We must care for everyone, whether they're young or old, and we must be concerned about the facts of what we're receiving. Number five, we should remain faithful in prayer. We do not know what the future holds, but we need to pray about everything. Pray about anything, pray about everything, right? Philippians 4, 6 puts it this way. Don't worry about anything. That means coronavirus as well. Listen, that means food, that means drink, that means family, it means whatever it is you're worried about, stop worrying. Don't worry about it. anything, but in everything, he says, through what? Through prayer and petition with what? Thanksgiving. Man, that Thanksgiving is in there because, listen, you need to pray with Thanksgiving because you know when you pray, God's going to respond to your life. Man, if you got faith, listen, if you're trusting Jesus Christ when you pray, listen, man, when I pray, you know, when I see him, I, I see a vision of Jesus leaning forward and answering the prayer that I'm praying. Because I believe that he's that kind of a God. I believe he's that close to me. He's that intimate with me. I can pray, and I believe that Jesus is going to do what's best for my situation and the situation what I'm praying for. So I want to encourage you every time to pray about everything, do it. Don't worry about anything. Thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Listen, that's all worry. That's anxiety. Uh, All worry is 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 anxiety. And and listen, and, and, and worrying on the wrong things. That's what anxiety is. It's worrying on the wrong things. That's what worry is. Stop it. We need to focus on the right things, the true things. Worry is what's going to happen next. What's going to go wrong? That's worry, and we need to stop doing that. What is negatively going to happen? We need to stop doing that. Prayer, however, is focused on who? It's focused on God. It's focused on Jesus and what he says will happen. That's what's truth. That's what's truth. Listen, we're not surprised by this pandemic. Jesus talks about pandemic. He talks about future pandemics. They're going to wipe out a third of the world's population in tribulation. God talks about things that are going to happen, and the things that are going to come. That's why it's important for us to be ready for these circumstances. Prayer, however, it's listen, we focus on God and what he says will happen, inviting him into our circumstances. Every time we pray, every time we pray, we invite a holy God that contains and controls the universe into the circumstances of our very lives. That's what we do when we talk to God. That's why we need to talk to God. And sometimes it's the last thing that's done in a church. Sometimes it's the last thing that you go to at home in prayer when you're in the middle of something. Prayer should be the first line of defense. It's actually the first line of offense in my book. We need to pray about everything and pray right away. Don't, waste, don't walk around and wait and pray the last thing, right? We shouldn't do that. We shouldn't do that. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 says this. He says, finally, brothers, <laughs> he says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is any praise, he says, dwell on these things. That's what we need to dwell on. We need to dwell on the magnificency of Jesus, the all-sufficiency of Jesus. We need to dwell on him. We need to dwell on on what his precepts and his word teaches us. We need to dwell on the promises of God that we are more than conquerors. By who? By Christ Jesus. There's nothing. I can do all things through who? Christ Jesus who strengthens me. We can do anything and everything by Christ's power. We need to dwell on those things. Peace, people, is what we need is peace. Say it. Spray it. Live it. Peace. Listen, if everyone is anxious, (laughs) do the word. Stop being anxious. Do the word. Call somebody. Call somebody for prayer. Call somebody and pray with somebody who might be anxious. You see a little post on Facebook where somebody is anxious, give them a call and say, hey, man, can I pray for you in this situation? And do it. They will be eternally grateful for that. I promise you it will. It will settle them down. Philippians 4 9 says, do what you have learned. Do what you have received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Isn't that true? Come on, find a verse. Find a verse that would be your verse. I have a verse. I call it my nine one one verse. Nine one one. When I'm in distress, right? I go to Psalms ninety one one. You know what it says? It says this. It says, "The one who lives, listen, under the protection of the Most High, dwells in the shelter of the Almighty." What a great verse! I don't have to worry about anything. I just have to understand that God is who God is, and I dwell in the shelter of the Almighty God, and He's looking out for me, just like He's looking out for you. Number six. We should remain ready to help others. Who are you helping? The Apostle Paul responded to the present crisis, which was taking place in Rome through First Corinthians. A plague, famine, pestilence, whatever it was, it didn't spe- specify, was taking place in Rome, not to mention all the fires that were taking place. Nero blamed and persecuted all the Christians. Rome was the world's truly international city. Man, there were folks that lived there from Africa. There were folks that lived there from Asia, folks that lived there from Europe. Man, it was a hodgepodge of all kinds of international folks. It was an international city. Now, listen, there were cults would close their doors to everything that was going on, right? And, but, but the doors, but while the Christians were, listen, while the Christians were battling the persecution, at the same time, they were still being the hands and feet of Jesus. They trust Jesus with everything that they were. I think about Polycarp, and I think about his household and how the Romans started looking out for them. Some, some people started looking out for them that were not of the faith. And it's because these people had all along been ministering to these unsaved folks. And so here we see what's happening is Nero tried to kill the Christians because of Christians stepping out, being the hands and feet of Jesus. When Nero began to Christians, the very people that they were helping stepped up to the plate to help the Christians, resulting in the largest spread of the gospel that's ever been recorded in history the entire Roman Empire became Christian uh, uh, eventually. And it's really, it was, it's amazing. It became Christian because of it. Second Corinthians 1.3 says, Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Listen, all unbelieving uh, friends, you only have what the world has to offer. You only have what the world has to offer. You know what it is? Toilet paper. <laughs> Toilet paper, food politicians, right, news, right, all kinds of things. What is it? Listen, it's all those things. And listen, the news is scaring people to death. So we got to just chill out and stay calm in the midst of all that. However, we must not grieve, listen, like those who have no hope. See, what's happening is there's people with no hope. So that's why they're buying toilet paper like crazy. That's why they're buying all the food. That's why they're buying all this stuff. Listen, these are people that have no hope in the world. They have no hope because they don't have Jesus. And we're the church, triumphant. That's who we are. We're the church, triumphant. And we need to get the word out and let those people know that, hey, listen, you need to find hope in Jesus, not in your toilet paper, not in your politicians, not in the news. Stop watching it. Stop watching it. Romans 8.28 says it here. We know that all things work together for good of those who what? Who love God. Those who are called according to his purpose, not our own. Viruses back then killed many with no hope in the world. Killed many. But also millions back then found their souls entangled with the blood of Jesus through the gospel message. Listen, when your life is not great, use Romans 8.28. Hmm. Say it again. When your life is not great, use Romans 8.28. That's a good saying to get in your crawl right there. When life is not great, use what? Romans 8.28 right? Remember that. This is a great time for your families to have and experience spiritual conversations with each other about the situation. Listen, maybe because of this specific crisis, somebody will discover Jesus and get saved through social media and go to heaven. It can happen, and I believe it will happen. This is the single most greatest event that we could be doing on the planet right now, is getting on social media and telling the public, because this goes out to the public. Last week, Deneen and I shared some stuff online, and we had a lady in Rio de Janeiro who had tuned in and was watching what we were talking about. I said, how'd she know? But well, I'm telling you, we have an opportunity in this country today, and I think we're going to hear about it come Monday morning, how the Internet was flooded with the gospel. It's really an incredible, awesome thing. So maybe because of the specific Christ, somebody discovers Jesus. The virus or not, listen, if you get saved, you find yourself in eternity one day. Listen, the virus kills you, and your next experience in a millisecond, you are launched into the very presence of Jesus. Amen? We will be. It doesn't get any better than that, folks. It never gets any better than that. To be with Jesus is the best it could ever be for you. How awesome. And then finally, number seven, we must remain in God's love for all of us. Sometimes we quit when we're faced with a trial. Sometimes we quit like God has forgotten us. God never forgets us. Sometimes we feel this way no matter what trial we go through. Listen, but Jesus sees and knows everything. He sees and knows everything. We must understand always that nothing ever, ever occurs to God. Nothing ever curse to God. God saw this from the beginning. He sees it to the end. He sees everything we're going through. Listen, we need to rest in him. We need to be still and know that he is God. He knew all this before it happened, and he has made provisions for all of us as we pray and are led by his Holy Spirit through the Word of God. Listen, we need to pray. I believe he is setting the stage for his soon coming return for his church, and this is one way that the world is going to be broadcast the gospel to bring people in to Jesus Christ. Be part of that. Be part of that. Be the voice. Be the voice. Listen, I believe he is setting that stage for his soon return. And listen, And we must be ready. You and I must be ready. You must be ready. Your kids must be ready. Listen, your friends must be ready. All people of all time must be ready. We must preach the gospel. No matter what the cost is to us, we must share the good news. This only happens with a faith and a trust that collides with Jesus Christ. That's the only way it happens. There's none other can rescue you from your, low, uh, from your uh, lost position. Only Jesus can rescue you. God sees and cares every time. Listen to Romans 8.38 and what 8.38 8, says. It says, for I am persuaded. Paul says, I am convinced that not even death or life, angels or rulers or things present, things to come, hostile powers, height or death, or any other creative thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul was convinced. Are you convinced that nothing can ever separate you from the love of Christ? I pray that you're convinced. If you can't say that and you're not convinced, you need Jesus to save you. You need Jesus in your life. Listen, God is always faithful. And even when you're faithless, he's faithful. Every time he's faithful. Do not waver in your faith. Listen, become convinced that Jesus is, because he is. God always reveals himself in a crisis. But you must intentionally seek him out. Seek him where he may be found. Keep looking up, he says, for your redemption draws nigh. So folks, lost people, look up. Look for Jesus. Ask him to come into your heart. Draw him. Listen, he wants to draw you to him, and he may be drawing you right now. All you got to do is let go and say, God, (laughs) okay, Jesus, I need you. Desperately, I need you. You must consider Jesus. My dear lost friend, you must consider him. Listen, turn the news off. Get along with Jesus. Talk to him. He hears you. Trust him. He will come and sit and sup with you. I promise you he will do that. Let us remain faithful where we are today because God is large and in charge of all of your tomorrows. He certainly is. Trust in him. Be still and know that he is God. He never fails ever. He is our strong and mighty tower. He is the everlasting Prince of Peace. He overcame death. He overcame hell. And he overcame. And he got up from his desk and he walked over to the wall and he had a shadow box. And in that shadow box was that scorpion stinger. It was in the shadow box. He said, That scorpion can't hurt you. The sting is taken away. Listen, folks, there's no sting of death when you know Jesus. And we live in the greatest time of all time to come to faith in Jesus Christ. And so I plead with you, I beg you this morning, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, now is the time. You're not hearing this by an accident. This is divine for you to hear this. And you need to give up and, and give your life over to Jesus right now. You're struggling, you're trying to do things on your own, you're trying to make ends meet, you're buying all the food, the toilet paper, all that stuff that you need. Friend, listen, Jesus is the answer. Jesus created the world and its existence and holds it all together with his spoken word. Jesus is the one. God sent his son to die for you and for me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? everlasting life and listen this is the important thing god did not come into this world to condemn the world he didn't come here to judge you he came in here to save you that all the world through him wouldn't be saved are you saved today do you know jesus is your savior man i ask you just simple faith simple faith listen in christ and just trust him as your savior today and he will save you from where you're at so what i want to do right now i want to take time and pray a simple little prayer Listen, my prayer can never save you. I cannot save you with a prayer. I can't pray for you and save you. Listen, only Jesus can save you. But I can help guide you and steer you in a prayer that would help you to better communicate to him what you, what you need to say to him to be saved. I, just the very fact that your heart's bent enough to pray a simple prayer shows me that you're serious about being saved. Just but say to say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus... I believe you died on a cross for my sin. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Wash away my every sin stain. I trust you with all that I am. And I thank you, Jesus, for coming into my heart and saving me from myself or from the sin. I trust you, and I want to turn around. I want to change the direction of my life, and I want to chase after you, Jesus, with all my heart. Help me, Lord, to do that. Help me, Lord, through this crisis, Lord, to trust in you with all that I am. I thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul right now. And I pray, God, that you would continue to encourage me every step of the way until that day comes, that Pastor Phil said, when we stand in your presence, God. The Lord, to know that we're covered by the blood of Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for saving me. And Lord, I pray for my Christian brothers and sisters who right now may be struggling. I pray, God, that you'd overwhelm them with your holy presence, God. That you touch them, everybody here at this campus and at the main campus, God and that you would do your perfect work in and through their life. And, God, that you would show yourself mighty. And, God, that we would get our eyes off of ourselves, but get them on you and get them on other people. Lord, we're to love you, God, with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. Lord, where do we fit in this equation? <laughs> we're either focused on God and others. It's not even focused on us. If we're being obedient to what you've called us to be, and, Lord, then we're going to do what you called us to do. Help us to be the hands and feet of Jesus to all our family, church family, and non-church family, our neighbors, whoever's around us. They need to hear Jesus desperately. And so, God, we praise you for the boldness, the courageousness, the power that we need to proclaim the message that will save a soul from any and every virus and every trial that comes our way. Lord, it's because of you, Jesus, not because of us. I thank you for this time, Father. We praise you for it all. In Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. Listen, friends. Thank you for joining in today. I pray you have a better day because you heard the Word of God this morning. I pray that uh, you will take your listen. All our Hills Campus folks, go down your directory. If you have a directory, go down there, start making some phone calls to people that you're thinking about that God puts you in your head. Give them a call. See how they're doing. Check on. See if they have a need. Call me if there's a need that's out there that needs to that we need to uh, meet. Help me, and uh, we'll go out there, and we'll meet that need and make sure our shut-ins or whatever uh, get the help that they need. I just want to thank you. Just be watching on Tuesday. Uh, I'll come and give an update Tuesday evening at 6. Wednesday night, we'll do a 6.30 Bible study, and then Sunday, next Sunday, back at 10.30, we'll be back here again. But, man, share the name of Jesus. Don't be afraid. Don't worry anymore. Amen? Just do that, okay? God bless you all. I love you all. We'll see you later on. Bye-bye.